This is a Raven Slayer production. Raven Slayer, creating a sex positive world through adult education. You're listening to adult bedtime stories. Join us in a sex positive awakening, an adventure to help create a sex positive world. Become part of the movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. This is the sex education that you did not receive in high school, but should have. I am Ladyboy Gigi. I'm a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. Today we're talking about being non-binary and acceptance. And I'd like each of you to kind of define what that means for you. Why don't you begin? And you can use your name or you can use your magical name. A magical name? I don't think I have one. (laughs) So, um... I'm Lulu. Um, I'm non-binary myself, but when it comes to acceptance and my gender identity for sex specifically, I find that there is no other way uh, for someone like me. It's either I push myself in the closet and I don't accept myself and I'm miserable and therefore I'm like really shy mm-hmm. and reserved and I'm not very bold at sex or it's not that fun for me. Yeah. But when I discovered that everything changed, I was not shy at all. Um, I started taking on new roles. I started um, being more playful, more aggressive, more flirty and everything else. And I found body acceptance more than anything because I realized I had dysphoria like no one's business and I just never knew it. And now it's like, oh, look at me. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sexy and yeah. I love it. <laughs> so that's what that is for me. Uh, uh, cool. And I know that growing up, I didn't even know I was intersex till much later, but I've always been kind of an effeminate male. And even as a kid, I finally came up with a term for me. Instead of being a tomboy, I was a girl giant. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and, you know, I've always felt that I didn't fit as male or female. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of both and neither. So I can totally relate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? I mean, we talked a little bit of, before we started recording. And we were talking a little bit about both acceptance and non-binary well i and introduce who do you want to go to uh my name is kim also known as brew baby i born and identify as female but i am bisexual um same (laughs) oh we're all bisexual that's great and um i have only recently come to discover that i find I am a switch with women. Submissive to males, but a switch with women, generally. Although I have found myself a nice, <laughs> binary young person that I, uh, I, I, I found my dominant side with, which <laughs> was interesting and fun. 
but because it's taken me a long time to discover who I am, I'm still discovering the terms like non-binary and what it actually means so that I have a better understanding to not unintentionally offend. And, you know, we get a lot of political correctness about this stuff, but it runs much deeper than that, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to identity, one of the first questions asked when a baby's born is what? Is it a boy or a girl? (laughs) Exactly. And after that question is answered, a whole industry kicks in to support it mm-hmm. and make it one or the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue and pink. Mm-hmm. Do you buy Barbies or fire trucks? <laughs> yep, there's toy sections segregated, the clothing is segregated, the underwear is segregated, the bathrooms mm-hmm. are segregated, everything in mm-hmm. its. The, even commercials are segregated to. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know cater to one audience or the other. Mm-hmm. And yet, real, our real sex isn't just what's between our legs. Mm-hmm. Sex starts in the brain. What's between <laughs> our ears. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, if we identify with what's between our legs, mm-hmm. sometimes that can be incongruent with what's between our ears. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. Oh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, <laughs> hi, I, I'm Paul. I also am non-binary. Um, I have known that I was non-binary for the last uh, three or four years, but before that I always considered myself a, a very feminine guy. I always... You know, like when I was a kid, as we were talking about with the the toy sections and all, like I found myself drawn to things that I wasn't supposed to like. Um, I remember growing up, like one of my favorite games with my cousins was like having them dress me as a girl. And when I was six, seven, eight, even nine, that was okay. And the adults would giggle and laugh and think it was cute. But as I got to be 10, 11, 12, 13, all of a sudden we had to stop showing me off to the adults. Like, I had to stay in her room until I had washed all the makeup up off. Because after I was 9 and it wasn't cute kid stuff, they started to be concerned for me. Yeah. So. How'd that feel for you? It was confusing. Uh, At the time, I didn't realize that it was probably a manifestation of things that were in me. I just knew, like, this is fun. I really enjoy it. And, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And it was so weird because, you know, when I first did it, the adults had, like, (laughs) laughed and giggled and even, like, took in photos of me. And I really liked the attention. And so when one year I went out and all of a sudden there was this change in the switch, they reacted so differently and made me feel like bad about it. Mm -hmm. It it really was confusing more than anything else. Because I, you know, I, I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong. I knew I was having fun. I knew I wasn't hurting anyone. And I saw no reason for anyone to, you know, like be concerned about me 
And, like, the really hard thing was, you know, the the cousins that I was with, like, you know, there was, you know, there were some lesbians in the family and a couple of gay men. And, you know, so it was in general, generally a fairly open family, you know, for some reason, me wearing a dress became this big deal. So it was very confusing all around. I bet. What were some of your early experiences? Oh, man. Um, so I only... I It hasn't even been a full year since I discovered I was non-binary because... God, I'm 20 years old, and it was when I was 18 or 19 that I realized I wasn't straight. And it was only, again, not even a year ago I discovered I was non-binary. Um, and that was because... Due to my family and the people that I was raised around, I was so far in the closet that I found Narnia. (laughs) And it was, I had no idea. I just, growing up, I know I would, you couldn't catch me dead in a skirt. I wouldn't do it. My mom hated that. She would, she was always mad about it. And she would have, why won't you just wear the skirt? And I'd would tell her I just don't want to I hate them I can't do cartwheels in those I can't climb trees in those and she'd always hate it she hated if I ever dressed or did anything masculine she introduced makeup to me very early and I remember it was my 11th birthday party I think no it was my 13th that was uh when I like wore really heavy makeup and um I still wore uh pants and a t-shirt and stuff which my mom didn't approve of but more than anything, it was, like, little signs. Yeah. Uh, I remember... <laughs> this might be a little too much information, but when I was a little kid, I used to try and stand up and be like a boy. Mm-hmm. And I remember the... No one knew about it. I'd hide it, because I knew that that was, like, supposed to be really wrong. And, <laughs> you know, I was like, that's weird. That's not, that's not how I'm supposed to do that. And if my mom knew, I'm sure she would have probably freaked out. But more than anything, it was just this crippling like self-hatred when it came to like all of my features and I used to I used to think it was like oh it's just the general female body issues because I'm chubby and you know that's frowned upon and everything else but it went so much deeper I it was me trying to force myself into that box of femininity it was my hair was down to my butt and everyone just bitched and moaned about every time I was like I think I want to cut it short and be like no don't do it like as though it was about to like drop a baby or something and I forced myself to wear makeup I forced myself to uh, start wearing dresses and curling my hair and I'd get all dolled up whenever I could and I just tried to make myself a girl as much as I possibly could and the more I did it just the more I absolutely fucking hated myself yeah and I remember realizing when I was non-binary, I kind of looked myself in the mirror and I was just, I was having a really good day and I'd had just these wonderful waves of like no dysphoria at all. And it was about a week or so later that I looked in the mirror. I was like, I'm not a woman. And I kind of sat there and I, my eyebrows were furrowed and I kind of put my hands on my hips and I sat there and I thought about it for a moment. I was like, I'm not a woman. And like my, my face got a little brighter, a little bit more, but then I was like, shit, how do I tell everyone else? Oh my God, what's going to happen? And I tried to like stuff it down for about two more weeks after that. And I, I was talking to my boyfriend and I was like, 
poking around. I was like, so what do you think of non-binary people? Like, what's the deal with them, right? <laughs> and, you know, he was basically saying, like, ah, I mean, I don't really have a say in it. It's fine. And so I, you know, I came out to him a little while later, and uh, he was only concerned that, you know, I was going to, like, change drastically who I was and that I wouldn't be uh, the me that he knows and loves, but that never happened. But more than anything, it's... It was so stuffed down that I don't even think I can tell you more than just those little things. But it was that realization, just very sudden and unexpected, that kind of flipped my world on its head, and I've been a lot happier with myself ever since. For me, I can can trace my origins back to one skirt. Now, I've always worn very interesting clothing, and I had worn a lot of Skirts before, they were like sarong, ankle-length numbers, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I used to dress up for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And like I said, when I was a kid, I did drag, but it felt very much like I am doing drag now. It felt different. But I was hanging out with some friends of mine, and we were doing like a little impromptu like clothing exchange. And one of them picked up this, like, black, like, tight, very small, black patent leather miniskirt. And she was like, this is yours now. I was like, okay. And I put it on, and I felt different. I felt sexy. I felt, you know, just this whole different air, like, come over me. And I went out that day, I went to Austin, I hung out on 6th Street a little bit, and then, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't quite that day, but, you know, I was thinking a few days later about how good that felt, and I was like, I should try wearing skirts more often, and then, then I had my, my friend gift me an entire wardrobe of clothing I had always really loved because she changed her style. And so I had lots of skirts to pick from and I started wearing them more and more and more. And I was like, oh, that femininity that I've always felt, that's not just like a small thing. That's very much a part of who I am. Mm. So... I have a question, since both of you identify as Mm non-binary. Genetically speaking, obviously, you both have a genetic gender. Mm -hmm. How does it come across if, say, somebody who doesn't understand or doesn't know that you're Mm -hmm. non-binary says something like, oh, you're a lovely woman, or you're Mm -hmm. a handsome young man? How does that make you feel like, how do you explain something like that to someone who doesn't know or understand so that they can accept who you are and and what it means to you? Mm -hmm. I'm very non-confrontational in just about everything I do. So usually if someone says that's not very ladylike or, oh, you know, you're such a fine young lady or whatever else, I just kind of sit there and I'll, I'll... internally cringe and like you know I'll grit my teeth but I don't usually say anything especially if it's just a stranger passing by Mm -hmm. because if I was mad about this I wouldn't have a place to be mad about it because it would be everywhere it's so much effort and especially since I don't do anything to um I don't bind and I don't um Mm -hmm. wear packers or anything 
you know, people just kind of assume, even if I'm wearing everything I wear can be from the men's section and they don't, they don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so more than anything, if they're willing to have a long conversation, then I'll usually be very, um, gentle and I'll just be like, you know, that's actually, you know, if you could not call me that, I'd appreciate it. And they'll usually mm-hmm. go, why? I'll say, oh, I'm non-binary and I'll either get the conventional eye roll in which case I know not to speak to that person or limit my conversations with them as much as possible. Or they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Or they'll ask more about it. But it all depends on the scenario, but more than anything. I think it makes it a little more difficult for women because in our culture, especially since the women's movement, it's been acceptable for women to wear men's clothes. In fact, a lot of guys find that sexier. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Whereas for a man to wear woman's clothes is oh, it's really a disgrace. Yeah, and it's and like this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And so, in a certain way, it's kind of like even the way you dress. Yeah, but it's in too well. Yeah, for mm-hmm. it to raise any flags. Yep. Yeah. So I, it's kind of a two-edged mm-hmm. sword there. <laughs> I I actually think that's changing though because oh, I is. I wear women's clothing everywhere and i'm never surprised when someone has a problem with it but i am frequently surprised when no one has a problem with it yeah particularly in small town america oh, yeah. like you know it, it's a you know it's not it, it it is scary sometimes to like go into a gas station in the middle of nowhere like wearing the clothing that i do and like yeah sometimes i get looks Sometimes I even get comments. Not very often do I have get comments. Normally just looks. But when, like, the people behind the, the thing are, you know, like, older or, you know, th- or, like, come from a culture that I would imagine would have a problem with it, and then they treat me with respect, that surprises me that's and that makes surprise, me feel yeah. really good. And that's happening more and more. And I, I really appreciate it when it does happen. And I'd like to throw this out. Often put out a lot of feminine energy as well as a little bit of masculine, but more feminine. Mm-hmm. And often when I go into a store, people will go, can I help you, ma'am, or a restaurant? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll be dressed in jeans and a T-shirt. And I think it's the energy... Mm-hmm. that we project sometimes on how people read us. Yeah. Has yeah. that played a part in either of y'all's life? For, for me, it's it's funny because a lot of times people will do the, like, can I help you, ma'am? And I look at them or I start talking and they hear my voice. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And, like, sometimes I was like, oh, you weren't that far off. And uh, that tends to confuse people, but I like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you ever gotten, like... Oh, you're just metrosexual. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I have. Like, and no, like, first of all, like, I like sucking dick, so I'm not, like, <laughs> I am, like, pansexual. I am not metrosexual at all. But, yes, I, I have had people make statements like that, especially when that was more of a big thing. I'm kind of glad that term's going away a little bit. Yeah, yes. Gosh, more than anything, when it comes to feminine versus masculine energies, I usually don't actively try to put off anything simply for the fact that, I mean, some days I'll put off uh, masculine stuff just because, you know, I put on 
my boys jeans, my, you know, t-shirts that I get from the men's section, not to mention they all fit better than any women's clothes mm-hmm. ever have because <laughs> my body shape is just, uh, retailers don't like it, but yeah. men's retailers are like, yeah, that works. <laughs> but more than anything, people just seem to think that I'm just a butch lesbian half the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it can be frustrating because on one hand I'm like, I mean, I'm gay, but you're still you're still wrong on like both accounts. Mm-hmm. And I get you're trying, but that's still that's still not quite right. So mm-hmm. it's difficult. I'm glad I don't face the violence that trans women or AMAB non-binary uh, people do, but uh, for wearing skirts. Mm-hmm. But I hate the invisibility that comes with the fact that I can yeah. wear, you know, clothes from any section of the store. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as it's not the kids' section. But <laughs> it can be infuriating at times. I've never been called sir, ever. Mm. And I could start doing voice training where my voice sounds lower and it'll throw them off. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, people will just ask me, do you have a cold? What's? Are you sick? What's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. It's just, uh. <laughs> so, it can, well, yeah. You know, I've never gone out and tried to project one energy or another it's just you are naturally yeah mm-hmm. do any of you ever feel like as a society we tend to try and fit everybody into these small boxes mm-hmm. yes yeah. yes like, yes, uh, yes 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 for sure and, and even i know i've been involved in the bisexual movement talk about invisible <laughs> for real mm-hmm. it's like Depending on the perceived gender of each individual, mm-hmm. we're seen as either gay or straight. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that one. Um, uh, I am a bisexual female with a tendency to lean towards males as partners. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy females. I like females. But I do gravitate mm-hmm. towards males. And people don't seem to understand this. They're like, well, then you're straight. It's like, no. No, that's not it. That's not how it works. No. There's something about male, masculine personalities that Mm. draw me. And they don't seem to understand that. It's like, oh, so you like butch dykes? I was like, no. First of all, that's kind of offensive to say that in that manner. And second of all, no, that's not it. There's anybody that exudes a masculinity to them, I am more attracted to in general. Yeah, that, that like that's the thing with me too, is I'm I'm definitely more attracted to femininity than I am masculinity, but that can come in a lot of different packages, you mm-hmm. know. And also, I'm attracted to androgyny, especially. I mm-hmm. I I like you know masculine women. I like feminine men. I I really like wherever like in the middle like if you're there like that's so fucking hot because like you know you you get like the the good qualities of of both like oh like you know there's the strength and the and the intensity but there's also the soft and the soothing and the mm, just so good but what do you what do you consider androgynous and androgyny, is, to me, is the space between the genders where they meet. And it you can play around in a lot of ways. There's many ways to be androgynous. Mm-hmm. But it's 
actively accepting both the femininity and the masculinity and projecting it outside of yourself. Yeah. I'm in bisexual world. Mm-hmm. I've been involved in bi conferences for many, many years, and I do what's called gender bending. Mm-hmm. And I've had girlfriends that wear a strap on and pack mm-hmm. <laughs> their panties. Get that bulge going and strut around. <laughs> Honestly, there's an appeal. There's a big appeal to it. Yeah. I mean, it's there's something more to be said about it because even then, even if you are uh, cis and you identify as the gender you were born with, there's still that spectrum of like mm-hmm. being leaning towards masculine or feminine yeah. and mm-hmm. what you'd like to do and how you'd like to present. Well, being gender fluid is a little different because. It's exploring. I, yeah. I had a girlfriend that was very feminine most of the time, mm-hmm. and she liked to put on a strap on and fuck me. Mm-hmm. And it oh, was I awesome. Love, I love and doing she that. Liked yeah, being the boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just for that, you know, it wasn't like she identified as boy. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a whole. She didn't identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. She just liked to explore the other part of her nature. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened the door to me. I think all of us have some curiosity, mm-hmm. if not more, oh, yeah. about think, what it's like to be. I think we all have to sex we weren't born some with. extent a duality in our mm-hmm. personalities mm-hmm. that some people just aren't as open to exploring that other side. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. I know more than anything, though. So, question. For, I mean, everyone here, but specifically y'all two, when it came to understanding you were intersex or understanding you were Mm non-binary, how specifically did that impact your sex life? Or if you were too young, you know, Mm -hmm. did it shape it somehow? So I had a lot of um, really negative experiences Mm -hmm. when I was first exploring my uh, sexuality with uh, aggressive, like really sexually aggressive men that I I felt were, like, I was way out of their league. They didn't carry themselves well. They hit on me because they didn't think they could get with other people a lot of the time. You know, it wasn't just how they looked. It was the, about their personalities. They were just creepy and gross and yeah. way too aggressive. And because that happened a lot, I closed myself off. Uh, like, I had started exploring, like, being with men, male-bodied people a little bit before I embraced my non-binary-ness-ness. <laughs> but... When I did, it reopened the door and made me, like, think about and realize, like, oh, just because I had those negative experiences, just because I I went through that doesn't mean that, you know, all of the experiences are going to be like that. And, you know, that's when I got my first boyfriend and, it, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So it definitely opened up my sexuality quite a bit. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What about you, G? Oh, for me, uh, oh. <laughs> it really didn't impact that much, because I was so sexual at such a young age. Right. I seduced my babysitters. 
Gigi. Oh my goodness. I played doctor with all the kids in the neighborhood, boys and girls. And I'm one of these. I'm one of these rare fifty-fifty bisexuals. Mm-hmm. I find both men and women attractive, equally attractive, mm-hmm. just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men get up off a certain energy, and what? And it's not really that black and white. It's not. Uh, I've known women. I've got a lesbian friend that's probably more masculine than a lot of guys. Oh here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not so much about that. It's partly about the energy of a person. Mm-hmm. And it's also partly about what's between their legs. Nah. I find both There's fun the phallus and the vulva are both so beautiful and awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> so it really didn't have much impact on my sex life. Mm-hmm. But did it have impact in like where else? I think where it had impact was I went through the gender dysphoria for a long time too because oh, they yeah. didn't even tell me I was intersex. It wasn't until I was in my 20s that I discovered that I was intersex. How did you discover? I took a sexual education class and part of it covered intersex. Mm-hmm. I go, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. <laughs> That's great. Um, the other clue was that I had bleeding my first year of puberty. Oh, wow. For It wasn't real on the clock like monthly, but mm-hmm. it was a little erratic, but it was close to monthly. Oh, wow. And I went to doctors and said, what's going on? And they wouldn't tell me. They said, oh, it's nothing. They'd run tests and say, it's nothing to be concerned about. They'll go away eventually. Doctors are just, they're meat and, technicians. They can screw up just like everyone else. Yeah. But when I finally learned, and I always, I mean, even as a kid, the men's bathroom didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So I snuck into the women's bathroom and sat down to pee. Mm-hmm. That didn't quite feel right either. Mm-hmm. I thought, they don't make a bathroom for me. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I was an alien. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm something different. I know there's one specific bathroom on campus that I have to use because it's one of the only unisex bathrooms and I can't, I hate using any of the other ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I'm unsafe in the men's restroom, but I don't feel right in the women's restroom. Makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Yeah. That really bothers me so much. Like, I don't understand why people make it their business, why they care so much. About where people use the restroom. Well, they all say well, like, "Oh, why segregate them in the first place? For real. Just make them all little stalls that are lockable." And because, not to mention, I feel sorry for men who have to like whip their dick out in front of everyone. My yeah. poor boyfriend hates it. He can, have, he have you ever peed in a trough? That's the no, worst. I don't uh, want to. That yeah. sounds horrible. I don't need anyone else watching me do my business. Mm-hmm. I hate. I I feel horrible for people who are pee shy who have to use the men's restroom. Because mm-hmm. I know my boyfriend when we when we get out of the movies if we go on date night and it's all crowded he has to like he has to wait he'll wait until we go home even if his body is about to burst because he can't handle it. It's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair for boys and I know. Well, More than anything, there's no harm in putting boys and girls together. It's not going to hurt anyone. Yeah, and I'll tell you something even more devastating. Boys P.E. shorts. 
You cannot hide an erection in them. No, you cannot. <laughs> and when you get to that age, everything that jiggles gets you. <laughs> you brush against the door frame. <laughs> hey, look, it's concrete. Boing. <laughs> Honey, I I remember I went home and I had to I had I had to go home and masturbate after a freaking high school lecture about tectonic plates because there was something about like the hot hard upper mantle of the earth and i was like oh shit i have to go home right now because <laughs> i was i was the horniest kid growing up oh my gosh it was ridiculous oh me too <laughs> it was yeah no and it's i remember oh and then there was the birth control incident holy shit don't get me started on that my sex drive plummeted for yeah. years oh. until i got an iud and of course no one tells you about mm-hmm. that because Everything about sex is taboo. Having a vagina is taboo. Mm-hmm. Having a penis mm-hmm. is taboo. Whatever yeah. the fuck you got, it's just... Well, what was even more taboo for me, intersex babies are often very late bloomers. I didn't reach puberty until I was almost 17. And that's, that's and a, a big sign. Everybody teased me because I still was a little boy. They <laughs> used to go, when are you going to grow up? <laughs> and that's one of the biggest signs of being intersex. But the thing is, no one thinks about it because they're, it's not profitable. It's not profitable to be intersex. It's not profitable mm-hmm. to be non-binary. It's profitable to be a boy or a girl because then you have your men's suit stores and you have your bridal gowns and your dress stores. And, um, and when we opened the show, I said, after a baby's born and the question's answered, a multi-million dollar industry steps mm-hmm. in to support that decision. Not to mention, when you're non-binary... You know, you don't have the the product ads of if you don't shave or you don't put on makeup, then you should feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Don't apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and believe it or not, blue used to be the color for girls and, and pink was the color of boys mm-hmm. yep. because it was believed that red was a manly color. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't be reds. They had to be a little bit washed down red. Yeah. Those little... Babies. Babies. And then, and then, <laughs> and then it switched. <laughs> because from the story, I don't know. This could be this could be uh, a rumor, but the story I heard is that it was in Nazi Germany. They put the pink triangles on the gay men, and so they were like, "Oh, pink is gay. We have to switch it. Pink is for girls." But I don't know if that's true. That's just the biggest story that I have heard. Yeah. So I don't know. About there's that a one. certain irony in it when you think about it, because the colors that we dress babies in are usually pastels anyway. Mm-hmm. The baby can't girly. even see the colors till they're over five months old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not for the babies. No, it's I know. I mean, not to mention, it's this horrible. And I know there is a movement with a lot of growing more and more to dress your babies gender neutral. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the, and. Uh, I've heard from women that mm-hmm. have gender-neutral mm-hmm. dress babies. Yeah, they get a lot of flack. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, they do. Cause there's you're trying to force your trans agenda on them. It's like no, actually, we're just not forcing a binary on them. And if they want to be a girl, then by all means, we're happy to let them. When if they want when to they're dress. old enough yeah. to tell me, like you know, I I really really try very hard when possible to not gender a child because we don't know what gender that child is i try to use actually a child knows their gender by roughly by age two but it's the fact that our society yeah (laughs) often because i know as a kid 
again, peeing, standing up. Um, I would refuse. Girlfriend when you stood the end of the and stand up. I can sort of do it, could... but I gotta like fiddle with it. It's not. It's not easy. Well, she had the technique down. <laughs> Put a finger on either side of the urethral opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just squeeze slightly, and it would shoot out in a nice stream. See, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of doing that because I don't want to. I don't want to pee on myself. I'm not gonna. I can't. I did it accidentally when I went to pee in a cup. Oh! <laughs> Shot it out across the. <laughs> no, and the thing is, this is always so taboo to talk about because people are like, "Whoa, why are you talking about the way that you used to like?" He is a kid. That's like too much information. It's like as a kid. Yeah, it's like why? Like it's, I mean, also true. It's part of identifying who you are, even at a young age, like not, your own self discovery. But it's still labeled as taboo. Because it is. Every, oh, it is. Because <laughs> our society is. It's not that it's prudish. It's that it is sex negative to the point of nausea and to the point where sex education is frowned upon, mm-hmm. and people don't understand. I mean, God, there are 16-year-old boys who understand exactly just from, boys and girls both will know exactly how a, a penis ejaculates and how everything works and all the tissues, but they don't fucking know what a clitoris is half the time, exactly. or they only think it's a nub that sticks mm-hmm. out and not an entire organ yeah. with multiple parts on the inside. Yeah, they, had, they did a, some group did this thing a while back, they took a thousand people and they asked them first to draw a penis. Mm-hmm. And this was both men and women. Yep. And everybody could draw a penis. Yep. Then they asked them to draw a vulva. And it's harder. And only, like, I think it was like four or five got it right out of a thousand. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> See, and I like, I, I did that. And I think part of it, too, is for men, it's out there. Oh, yeah. But for women, you almost have to get a mirror. Oh, I did that, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not just that visibly present. In our media, to say the least, because it comes down to the female orgasm is rated R up, whereas the male orgasm is only PG-13 in movies, which is why you get so many jacking off jokes, whereas if a girl were to masturbate on TV, then it's considered incredibly... Sexual and inappropriate. That's why... Have and you, the word slut. Oh, oh you're just uh, a slut. I hate that. I hate when people call anyone that. I think it's rude. I am a total slut. I mean, I mean, in all playfulness, it comes down to, it's like, oh, I'm always a slut for cookies, or like, whatever, you know. But... But it can be damaging. It really can. And it can be ostracizing. Oh, I, I was ostracized. I mean, I got caught playing... With boys in Silsby, Texas, of all oh, places. Oh no! <laughs> I just remember. From then on, no one would have anything to do with me. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just... crazy. I was raised. I was raised in a private Christian school, uh, growing up, which mm. was yeah, it was evangelical private school. It was all. It was very cult. Like I'm not gonna lie, um, but I remember, I was. 12 or 13 and I my aunt had taken me shopping to um Macy's and I had gotten like these cute underwear they were like polka dot and they had these little um uh slits in the front with uh lace that would crisscross through um just on either side of my hip bones and uh, a bow on top and it was really cute and they were pretty comfortable I liked them and as soon as I was getting changed 
every single person in the locker room stopped me and was like, Lulu has stripper panties, Lulu has stripper panties. And like, it was like that for the rest of the year. And, you know, I ate it up at the time because I was like, I had some like weird, demented form of humor back then. I was the weird kid in general um, because I never wore skirts because I was always so adamantly against it. Um, and because I had just all of this turmoil because of so many parts of me that were just really stuffed deep down. Oh, God, I remember they used to call me the vampire kid. My, um, I have this, uh, um, I have this, uh, it's an autoimmune thing from what I've been told by the several doctors who actually take the time to, but if I get overheated, then I'll break out, um, in the hives. Okay. And, um, back then it happened all the time. And because the Texas sun is so hot, if I stepped in the sun, it would happen more than any other time. And my little sharp canine teeth my baby teeth didn't fall out but my adult teeth grew over them so i had four of those canines at any one time and between the allergy to the quote-unquote sun and the uh basically four vampire fangs i had all the kids were like oh it's the vampire kid oh it's the freak they don't you know they want to be a and people would ask me i remember as a kid people would tell ask me if i was a boy and i'd get pissed off because i was told that that was bad yeah. But, and they'd always, you know, like, oh, you know, she wants to be a boy, or, oh, she looks like a man, isn't she fucking ugly, just shit like that, and it was so horrible, because kids are mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are. Nowadays, though, my boyfriend has a 12-year-old little sister, and she just pops up to me one day, and, like, with zero context, just goes, I'm really supportive of trans people, I think that they're really great, and I Don't. hope that they have good lives, and she's just mm-hmm. super great about it. Yeah, cool. Because... The, this, I mean, her generation is mm-hmm. less fifty, yeah. less than fifty percent are straight. Yeah, society has changed a lot. My cousins, for a little while, I thought I was going to help raise them, because uh, my cousin died, and she had a one-year-old and a six-year-old, and originally, like my aunt and my uncle, took the kids, and they were both working, and I was going to be the stay-at-home caretaker and I remember one time I was I was on Facebook um, just scrolling through and Michaela the the six-year-old comes and runs up to me and sits on my lap and she was like that girl's really pretty I'm like yeah and she's like she's really pretty but she kind of looks like a boy I said well you know she was born a boy but she realized later that she wasn't a boy so now she's a girl and she was like oh i didn't know that was a thing that happened and then she went back to playing and yeah that's that's how hard that conversation has to be it's super dead simple but then on the other hand my sister is nine and i remember the wonder woman uh, movie came out only a couple months ago right mm-hmm. and i went and saw wonder woman with her and my mom my mom has no idea I'm gay. She has no idea I'm non-binary. If she did, I think she should have break and never let me see my sister again. Let alone that I'm pagan. Oh, my God. But we went and saw Wonder Woman. And when my mom went to the bathroom, I looked at my little sister. and was like, oh, my God, I want to marry Wonder Woman. And my sister's like, but she's a girl. I was like, yeah, so what? And she goes, you can't do that. And I'm like, who's set, by whose standards? And she Actually, goes, legally, you can now. That's true. But, um... She she was really confused because my family is incredibly homophobic and she's learning that too. Here's the thing. My aunt is, my mother's sister, um, is 
uh, lesbian or bi. My parents don't really talk about it. They don't let me talk to her that much. So mm -hmm. I, but I know she's gay. My mother talks exactly like I did when I was in the closet. Oh my God. She's so pretty. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely stunning. She's, Oh, she's so pretty. And, like, I can barely watch this movie. This girl is so pretty. Like, that's obviously mm -hmm. kind of fucking gay. Yeah. And my mom talks like that all the time, but she's like, no, I'm straight. I'm totally straight. And all I'm thinking is, like, let's be honest, mom. But <laughs> there's, there's something genetic to be said in my family, at least in uh, females or assigned female at birth. Mm -hmm. I'll use AFAB and AMAB all the time yeah, just yeah. because it's easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's much easier to say than lots of other things. But um, it's so ingrained that she's already starting to get that early. And it'll take time to work her out of it. Mm -hmm. But I've already planted, like, the little seeds here and there. of Like, mm -hmm. no, it's okay to be these things. Um, mm -hmm. And to teach her to think for herself on those things. Mm -hmm. But she also goes to the same school that I went to. Yeah. So it's all really, she's, like, following almost the exact path. But she's popular. Kids like her. You know, mm -hmm. she's she's got some stuff going for her, at least. Mm -hmm. But... It comes down to the family environment is such a huge factor yeah. in whether or not a kid will be easily accepting of LGBT issues. Yeah, I know that for sure. And often we think of GLBT, that's kind of a new phenomenon, but no. actually it's been since the eons of time. Forever. Forever and ever. But even in when they did the Wizard of Oz, the scarecrow snuck in a bisexual comment. He said, some people go this way, some people go that way, some people go both ways. Oh, I never noticed that before. Mm -hmm. And it got past the censors. Mm -hmm. oh, that's great. I never realized that. So, even in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but like the, the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow were clearly very gay. The I scarecrow mean, was definitely bisexual well, okay. i mean it's like xena warrior princess mm. she's so gay you can't even deny it her and um gabrielle gabrielle they're like totally a thing but because of the time they weren't allowed to air that on tv like yeah. that would have been incredibly taboo the show would have gotten shut down yeah. Courage the cowardly dog you know that freaky cartoon in the 90s mm -hmm. that got shut down because this rabbit like, one of the cartoons was a rabbit, left her abusive male dog boyfriend for a cat who was female, and all the Christian... Nothing else. Not, like, the weird barracuda in the bathtub or, like, Freaky Fred the barber. None of that, like, got the parents mad. It was the bunny leaving the dog for the cat. That's what got the show shut down. Well, wow. I, I think we, in general, as society, have this thing about what we believe is moral and morality. Oh, yeah. And it's like, whose morals? You know, we were very much founded yeah. with Protestant morals and beliefs. America was. Oh, yeah. And Actually, it's more uh, puritanical. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, <sighs> morals are something that are taught. They're subjective like, entirely. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when people are like, oh, it's not morally right. Well, whose morals are you speaking of? And they'll mm -hmm. usually say, God. Which one? Well, <laughs> one last question before we end. How does it feel when you can be the identity you want to be? I, it's not just happiness. Because I can be like, oh, it makes me so happy. It's this 
extreme relief and elation and it's 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 like the moment you get home and you take off your shoes and you sit your ass down on the couch and it's that that sigh when you're done and you know I can relax now and it's that contentment with it and there's also a ton of anxiety I'm not even gonna deny that because I can't approach everyone who um calls me a lady I can't say this that and the other one my mom calls me her daughter you know I can't say like ah you can't say that um but more than anything it's it's freedom incarnate is what I feel mm-hmm. yeah I, I feel very much the same way I feel like before that there was this block and like there were a lot of things I couldn't learn about myself and that now that that block isn't there like all of a sudden I'm able to be a stronger, fuller person. And I feel like if I had never found it, I would mm-hmm. have been stunted to some degree forever. I could have oh, still yeah. had a good life. I had a good life before. But, you know, it, I wouldn't be able to be as full a, of a person as I am. I think for me, and my situation was a little different, because I've even been kicked out of uh, trans bars. What? For being, yeah. That's horrible. That's weird. Well, uh, I went and talked to the group that were able to pass, mm-hmm. and they assumed that I wasn't passing because I didn't wear falsies and I didn't hide my bulge in my yeah. lower pants <laughs> or all dress and that. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm not trying to pass for anything except what I am. And that's you. And I'm, yeah. I'm not boy, I'm not girl. And my wife, but the one of the liberating things that I experienced was my first bisexual conference, where I wore a dress and had all the wrong pokeyality parts. Oh. And everybody just celebrated it. That's fantastic. And I just felt like I come to my own, it was just, I felt this sense of liberation and freedom and and this whole, not just that I could be that way, but people got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, not just that, you understand your identity, but mm-hmm. they do too, and they're mm-hmm. happy about it because you're happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it became, you know, I was one of the early ones to do that. Would you say that there was a certain level of acceptance? Oh, totally. Oh, acceptance. Not only acceptance, but I think some, to some degree, a sense of, wow, I want to be like him. I was kind of, or her, or it. Them. (laughs) Whatever whatever it was, uh, yeah. I want to be like that. It's like, there's a sense of, I want that kind of freedom. And that, and, and that's so, that and you feel so, spaces. oh, you feel like a god at that point. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, look at me. People are looking up mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but thank you all for being on the show. Thank, thank you, you for having friends. us. <laughs> I find it interesting that adults in our culture aren't provided with sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to adequate sexual education. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. But just like every other human endeavor, 
Sex is something that we have to learn, but there's so much more that we can experience if we have an adequate sexual education. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join me in a sex-positive lifestyle where you learn how to feel the beautiful creature that you are. How to identify and know that you're beautiful and sexy and gorgeous just as you are. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions that you may have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. If you have a topic you enjoy on this show or interested in learning more about sex and would enjoy a more in-depth learning experience, check out Ravenslayer Adult Education Training Videos. They are at www.ravenslayerleather.com slash videos. Be sure to check out the free training offer and explore some of the topics we cover on the show in greater depth by obtaining Ravenslayer Sexual Education video training programs. Some of the training includes worksheets and erotic exercises that you can put into use to enjoy a liberating sex life. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. Explore everything sexual. Good night and enjoy.